Welcome to Craft Advice, a podcast to help investors tackle the more complex area of their personal and business finances. Join Jack and Sean as we discuss everything from investing to retirement and everything in between. Welcome back, Sean. Welcome back. Welcome back. We got yeah, I would like to. Going for that. So I realized the last episode, I recorded my entire audio through my webcam. <laughs> so all of your technical issues, Sean, have come over to me and my what a nerd friend. failure. Mm-hmm. The, the nerds are not happy with you. I know. I know. <laughs> You're going to be punished when you go back to the yeah. The you get council. lashings from the gamers. <laughs> <laughs> the gamers shall lash you. Ten exactly. All right. Yep. Well, what are we going to talk about back. today? We got a bunch of stuff. So I'm, we're going to change up the format here a little bit. We're going to give you kind of an overview of what we're going to talk talk about today, and then we'll get back into our beers. But we got to cover Bed Bath Beyond that nonsense. We I thought this was going <laughs> to die. I thought this was going to die. I love bloody it. Bloody death, and it it's keeps incredible. coming back. It's really. I mean, this is going to be in business textbooks. For I mean, in for years from now, like, it's nuts what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's I bet just, there's just a pump and dump wide out in the open. There's got to be hedge funds that are dabbling in there, to be honest. Oh, there's hedge funds that are inside those apes groups. That I guarantee those Reddit groups are swarmed with spies. These hedge oh, fund yeah. guys are jumping all over it. Yeah, pipe it up with your diamond hands. Anyways, institutional diamond hands, we'll call them. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about the some real estate stuff. Uh, There's a good blog talking about housing pricing changes. Apple's making a big move with where they're developing iPhones. And then we're going to wrap up on some student loans. But we'll start with beverages. What are you drinking? Got a little nice uh, IPA from Lagunitas. A little something. A little something, something. Mm-hmm. What it's called. Cool. Pretty solid. 7.5% ABV. Yeah. Going with the old uh, High Lie. Mm. Tampa, Tampa True. Yeah, man. This thing, this thing's available everywhere. I was gonna say that's like the bud, the Bud Light of Tampa. I know it's like nine percent. <laughs> Tampa, that's Tampa Bud Light. If you that's if you what, match that's like Florida, that's why half the Florida man stories come out of Tampa. Yeah, they come out of Central Florida. That's I've always said it feels like if you have too many IPA or especially highlights, you have too many of them. It feels like someone took an ice cream scoop and just removed a part of your brain because you just have uh-huh. this like, lingering fog and headache. Anyways, the best, the best. Sean, yes. take me to Wall Street Bets. Mm. Come in. What the come hell is happening? This, come in behind the scary curtain. Um, the apes are out. Um, I think they got a little too comfortable, got a little ahead of their skis, and they weren't um, paying enough respect to the fact that we were most likely in a, uh, you know, or, or, or potentially in a bear market rally, right? Something that may not last very long. Um, and, you know, they, they got a little overconfident there. And, again, I mean, like, I, I believe I shared it last episode or the one before that, but there was – and this isn't just the only story. There's, I mean, hundreds of stories like this on these, on these chat rooms where people are looking to make a quick trade and make a quick buck and jump in and out. And they're like, oh, Ben Path and Dion's up 20% today or 30% or 40% today. I'm going to just throw in a few Gs, YOLO it, and hopefully get a bite of the apple. And most of those people have been just destroyed over the last week. I mean, if you look at any of the, the main, I mean, obviously there's a lot more than this, but, you know, the, the core meme stops, stocks really started at all, right? Your, your uh, gang stops, your 
your Best Buys, your AMCs. Best Buys down over 70%. AMCs down over 65%, close to 70%. Uh, even GameStop's down over 30%. Um, I mean, there's, they're just, they've got destroyed in a very short order. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought they were dead, but it's a, uh, it's a wild pump and dump scheme. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the action is probably being influenced by, uh, you know, a lot of professionals, a lot of institutional guys going on some of these chat rooms and encouraging a lot of people and then uh, putting some of their own institutional money behind some of the things they're encouraging. The people that are listening to the chats are, you know, obviously following along. And then eventually these guys get to what number they want to cash out at and then they pull the rug and it collapses in a matter of days. How many times have we seen this over the last two years? Well, the other thing is, it's almost like the leader of the apes mm -hmm. has kind of, it's like he led them, the lambs to slaughter. Because mm -hmm. Ryan Cohen, who, one of the founders of Chewy, who was all behind the GameStop. I think he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's the chairman of the board for GameStop right now. Yep. And so young, you know, tech billionaire that's kind of leading these Wall Street bets discussions. And he had a substantial amount of long dated call options. So he was betting that Bed Bath & Beyond was gonna be 60 or $70 a share, something crazy mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, um, whatever the number was, but anyways, he had these crazy out of the money, which if, if you're an investor and you read this and you're looking, you're like, Ryan thinks the stock's gonna go to $70 and it's trading at $9. So I'm gonna make a bajillion dollars on this trade. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, he filed to sell as soon as it spiked. And so, you know, obviously most people think, hey, if these investors file to sell, you know, they're an insider, they have a large amount of the shares. Normally they're gonna say, hey, I need to do this and it'll take a couple of weeks, maybe a month to sell. Mm -hmm. He literally listed and sold the next day. So I think he said when the stock was 23, he's gonna sell and he sold it at like 19. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, where's, where's the stock today? Eight? Eight fifty-nine. Yeah. Yeah. So. I almost wonder what is the likelihood that, you know, the SEC grabs someone like this that's an insider, that's a majority shareholder, that's hyping and then dumping. I mean, this is literally a modern day pump and dump, but yeah. it's with name brand names, which is so yeah, different yeah. than in the past. Yeah, it's it's a strange new um, way to do it, right? I mean, it's like, it's generally been just these anomalous nobody companies that have some kind of crazy wonder drug or they've got a, a pipeline that they just or you know, or a well or a gold mine or, you know, there's always some kind of like crazy lottery ticket story behind these, the old school pump and dumps. And that's what was easy to, you know, that's what people got kind of duped on is that, you know, they would get called by stockbrokers and they'd be like, you know, Hey, this is pharmaceutical company, this stage three promising cancer drug, blah, blah, blah. Did you ever get into one of these? Cap. No, I'm just saying this is like, oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never gotten any in, in one of these, but I mean, it's just, that's like the most common one. It's, it's these medical, you know, drugs that are going to go to a billion dollars, some biotech company, some, or, you know, a lot of times it's mineral or commodity related. Cause again, those are just the crazy. Listen to this one. This is one for the, so when I was in college, I wasn't even going to be in finance. Mm -hmm. I got a stock tip from a family friend. They're like, you got to buy this company called Fuse Sciences. Okay. Partnering with Tiger Woods to try to remake the energy drink market and all that. Mm -hmm. The story sounded fantastic. They had oh, yeah. 
they had all these professional athletes. They had Damon John from Shark Tank in there. I'm like, oh, this is going to go. It's a trade at like six cents. So mm-hmm. bought a couple hundred shares. It went to a dollar forty, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, my hundreds are now thousands. Yeah, yeah. So then they change the stock symbol and they do a reverse split. So the symbol's still trading. The symbol is drop, D-R-O-P. And that sucker literally just plummeted down to earth, big pump and dump, lost all my money. If you just look <laughs> at a 10-year chart of drop, you'll see Jack's wealth going away. It's down 99.9%. <laughs> and then I switched my classes to investing in finance because I was like, what the hell is happening? It's so funny. It's technically trading, but it, it, if you go to uh, like just Google and type it in and uh, do max, it'll just say it's down a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So there's my wealth. So I got I got dragged into one of these just like everybody else. So they're they are hard to stay away from. You see people making money. You hear the story. The stories are. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of times these stories are incredible. I mean, like you said, it's like, oh, there's Tiger Woods partnering with him. So and so is partnering with him. They're going to remake the energy. And it's just like this. The stories, I mean, that's why we call right? We call them stock, uh, story stocks. Right? Mm-hmm. Story stocks, they just sound a lot cooler than they are in real life, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of times they're just not deliverable. It's a lot more hypothetical. It's a what if we could do this. But 99.999% of the time, none of these companies execute. And those pennies go to dollars and then back to pennies very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, but um, but no, like you said, this is a, it's a wild time because these are all very widely known national branded names, businesses that have been around for decades. Uh, but they're all, you know, they were all those like teetering on the brink of bankruptcy and delisting. So they were kind of in that category of like the junk bonds of the, uh, you know, of the widely traded stocks here. And uh, they went from being the bottom of the barrel to vehicles for some wild, wild swing trading here. But it's um, it's still fun to watch, man. It's fun to watch these guys get amped up. Their stocks get pumped and then everybody, there's just every time there's bag holders, man, no matter what yeah. you do. Listeners, if you're playing in these, you need to find something else to do with your time. Go play on like FanDuel or something. NFL's coming back. You can, you can find way more things to do with your money or than if, trade these stupid things. Or if you get in on it too, I mean like you have to be you cannot, you have to have very take a vacation day. rules. You have the very specific rules. You have to stick with your rules. Like if your number is X, you have to sell at X. You can't be greedy. Like everybody's getting greedy on these things and then they just get destroyed. But yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Anyways. All right, moving on. Let's, moving let's, on. Go, to re- let's go to real estate. I'm going to, so Bill McBride, who's just a kind of financial columnist. He's been writing since 2000 and he's got a, Substack, and he's been diving deep into real estate pretty much weekly. So Sean, I don't know if you've looked at this weekly, but he's got a good post in there. But long story short, or long story short, this is some of the data as of July. All local markets that I've tracked were down 15.9% year over year. Um, If you go to some of the sales in the hottest real estate markets are down 30%. Year over year, all of California is down 31%. So, I mean, Sean and I are as brilliant as we've been talking on this podcast that the real estate market was going to get hit. It's the high beta stuff. The tech stocks popped and then they got crushed. The hot markets pop and then they get crushed. You know, some local cities are probably still holding up good. There's probably around here in 
Tampa or Jacksonville, your area, some of the major areas are probably fine. But if you're in those really ritzy, flashy areas, you're probably seeing some houses come back down. Which, yeah. By the way, we should probably get Matt back on for another episode, do another yeah, real do. estate update. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a bit, but what are your thoughts on uh, the housing market, Sean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's happening exactly like we've been saying that it's going to happen. I mean, it's just a matter of time, right? It's gravity. If you take 30 year mortgage rates and they go from 3% and then out, you know, within a nine month period, they go to, or I mean, really six month period, they go to double that. And then now they're back down in the low fives, but still, I mean, you go from three to the low fives in a three, in a six to nine month period, right? So I mean, you're 75% increasing your, your mortgage rates. And then you look at home prices, they still were going up on a national level, right? 20, 30%. Um, some markets a lot hot, hotter, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of reshuffling going on in the country from, uh, a necessity standpoint, like a lot of times people had to move to New York to work certain kinds of jobs, or they had to live in Silicon Valley to work certain types of jobs, or they had to live in LA, or they had to live in certain areas. And some of these areas are losing some of their, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I'd say luster, but because of technology, people are just don't have to work there anymore. And then a lot of times these businesses are saving money, right? So they're going to more tax-friendly states, Texas. Well, how excessive is like, New York City, if you have to be in Manhattan and you need 300 tech developers. You're a lunatic. If you want to live there, I think you're crazy. Like, I think you, like, it, like it's cool to live there. Like, not, not a person, but from oh, the, okay. like a business standpoint, like the, the amount of you're, your you're expense line in a building, mm -hmm. you know, this is where you're going to see people move to New Jersey. They're going to move suburbs or just say, hey, work from home. We'll mail you a MacBook Pro. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, work from home has just gotten so much bigger and so much more. I mean, even though it's not going to be completely work from home, but the point is, is that the technology's there. A lot more companies are offering it. It's just the flex scheduling is, is absolutely happening. But not even just that. Like, people have changed jobs. I mean, right? The highest quit rate in you know, recorded history. I mean, people are leaving jobs that they don't like. Jobs that offer, yeah, the jobs that offer more convenience, more better life working, you know, better work-life balance. And a lot of those people are relocating into states with more friendly taxes, more friendly business environment. I mean, again, Texas and Florida are just really picking up. So I think on a national level, the real estate market is definitely going to come down. And I think it's going to come down in Florida and Texas, but I think it'll come down far lower. Like California, I could see having like a 20% correction and something in the high single digits, maybe 10% in Florida. Yeah. Well, as our governor, or what was the song? Our governor, he's red, white, and blue. <laughs> but no, I think this is this is one of those things where the COVID policies yeah. that each state did really impacted what, you know, obviously it's going to impact the individual lives, but it impacted even more businesses. Like if I was going to go expand my manufacturing plant and I was supposed to do it in Sacramento, then California changes some entire new rule. You're going to probably look at moving to Nevada or somewhere else and just say, Arizona, hey, Colorado's, Colorado's exploding. I mean, Colorado's yeah. boom. Colorado's turning baby California. I do um, think though, I do think they ever moved down to Florida and they're like, holy shit, it's really hot. Yeah. <laughs> I can get, get the hell out of here. Maybe we won't stay in Florida. We'll get yes. out. Yeah. It's very hot. Very hot. So 
yeah, I but yeah, just but... looking at some of these like new listings, like the the other thing is, I think you're you're getting people pulling off the market not just from a cash flow and a cost perspective, but I think there's also a little bit of that positive feedback or say negative feedback loop where if everybody's expecting recession, <clears throat> you know, yield curve inverts, everybody keeps talking, everybody keeps talking recession, everybody keeps you know talking it more up, talking it more up, you know, business sentiment, CEO surveys, consumer sentiment, you know individual small business owner surveys, everybody's saying the same thing. Everybody feels that way. So then you don't want to be the last man, you know, out there maxing out your credit cards right before a big credit crunch and uh you know a massive recession, major layoffs and stuff. So I think you're also seeing just people cur curtailing spending, um, wanting to move less, take a little bit less risk, maybe shore up their finances and prepare for a potentially rocky next twelve months. So Sean, you should pull back up uh I'll send you the Substack for uh, calculated risk, but yeah, just a quote. He, he put something a couple hours ago. It says new home sales are now below pre-pandemic levels. This is the lowest sales level since 2016. So again, this is this is an, an emphasis that what the Fed's doing. This is the soft landing, but Maybe. this could create the hard landing if they raise rates too hard and smash the economy. This is where you get into some trouble. So there's some good. He does some great work. I need to get through and probably update a couple maybe for next week, but maybe we'll get Matt on and do an update in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But I mean, like, but so like what we talked about last time, it's like, how sticky are these prices going to be? Um, like how sticky are these rates going to be? Are they going to stay elevated for a while? Or is the, the economy going to slow enough to the, where the Fed's like, okay, we have to lower them back down. A little bit. Like, yeah. I think it's, they've come up too quickly, too fast, and they're going to have to, dial things back, I think, early next year, most likely. Because yep. we're probably going to see a little bit of a shock going yep. into next year. And I think we're going to see some opportunity for them to, if not if not reduce the rates, definitely commit to not increasing rates. Ideally. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to Apple. All right. I think Apple this, is, this is kind of big news, but I kind of think this is the same this is the same thing going on with like Intel partnering with a whole bunch of people to put chip factories all over the U.S. Mm. A lot of investment companies are partnering with domestic manufacturers to try to work on getting chips built in the states. But Apple, for anyone that's been sleeping under a rock for ten years, <laughs> all the iPhones are made in China. There's the plant Foxconn that Sean likes to talk about that has nets around it from it's keeping the, the employees. It's the scariest thing in the fucking world. That honestly looks like it could be its own horrifying. Asian Netflix movie, <laughs> like the next, uh, yeah. God, whatever that movie was that came out recently. Oh God, I'm forgetting the name on that one. I know now I'm like boomer, my boomer brain over here. Yeah. Netflix. Anyways, all right, boomer brain aside, but so Apple was out. Obviously, we're in the upgrade cycle. Apple every year drops a new phone. So the iPhone 14 is supposed to be coming through. Part of their concern with Chinese manufacturing that they're saying is the fact that China has some pretty significant lockdowns with COVID. A lot of their ports have just been completely shut down. Obviously, Apple doesn't want to miss that. So they announced they're going to split, or the Wall Street Journal is announcing. I don't know if Apple specifically mentioned this, uh, specifically mentioned this because uh, no, they declined for comment. But according to the Wall Street Journal, Apple's going to split all the iPhone development between China in India. So this is kind of the, you gotta know who your partners are. Yep. Maybe this is Apple trying to de-risk their business because all of their business, I mean, the majority Absolutely. of their revenue is coming from China at this point, but yeah. I think it's a pretty big story. Cause I mean, this, 
if this impacts their Chinese relationships, you know, what company is most impactful to the U.S. and China is probably Apple and then maybe Tesla. Yeah. And so if you start to see this relationship deteriorate, then what happens? I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a super interesting um, development, right? But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think you're seeing them only leave behind 50% out of, I don't want to say respect, but I mean, it's definitely like out of a, that, like that was a deal that was brokered by China. Like China was basically like, don't leave us 100% or we'll start cutting off some of your, our markets and we're going to make this environment a lot less friendly to Apple and Apple's products. And basically they're like, how much can we take out of here before you guys are going to hate us and start cutting us off? All right, 50, 50 is good. 50 it is, deal, boom. Yeah. 50, 50 is going to India. Because <laughs> India and Bangladesh, Vietnam, Laos, Philippines, Singapore, those guys are all going to be eating up all of this stuff. So in this article, still 90% of cumulative Apple products, such as iPads, MacBooks, mm -hmm. watches, are still made by Chinese contractors. So they're given a part of the iPhone manufacturing, but it's still, again, it's, it's going to leave a lot of business there. But yeah, I agree. There is way too much U.S.-China relations tied to mm -hmm. Apple. Mm -hmm. I've argued too for clients. I'm like, if you really want to invest in China, you can always just buy Apple. It's basically like a mutual fund of U.S. and China exposure. And yeah. so the market over there gets a little more organized. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what this does. Does this continue to increase or change or create tensions? I think that's going to lead to a lot of other interesting questions. Yeah. But no, I mean, like you said, I think this is the uh, investing in Apple is like a China mutual fund. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. Is. it's a Chinese, Chinese holding company. But yeah. uh, I mean, cause I'm, and again, I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it again, but I wouldn't touch any of these Chinese companies, especially these high flying tech ones. I mean, there's great stories up and down the line, I mean, great opportunities, huge market segment sets. I mean, just, I mean, the margins, I mean, the monopoly, I mean, I mean, you name it, right? I mean, it's all these great things, the demographics, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But then you got the old, uh, CCP, knock it on your shoulder there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing. I don't know. But Baba, all these guys, man, I wouldn't touch any of them. Yep. All right, let's go to uh, let's go student loans. Sean's favorite topic. Big topic. Actually, I got a question about this from a client. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I think I'm going to stop paying these forever. And I was like, well, probably no matter how much money you make. You make good money, you're going to probably get whacked. So what's, what's the news coming out in student loans? Yeah, so, uh, you know, this is one of the things the administration uh, campaigned on, and uh, one of those kind of silly uh, things that people say. It almost felt like a uh, like somebody running, like, class president of high school, like, I'm working, like, elementary school. Like, I'm going to put water, you know, chocolate milk in the water fountains, and we're going to get candy for lunch, and I'm going to forgive all your student loans. And... Yeah! Uh, but, uh, there you go. You heard it here, folks. You heard that. I did hear but, that. Uh, so, you know, so what was going on is, you know, it, it, they basically got into office and then realized, okay, well, maybe we can't do this. I don't know if this is legal. We don't know if we have the power. So they've basically been figuring it out. They've researched it a ton. And now they believe they have some flexibility there. Um, and, and then now the blowback has been like, okay, well, if they forgive a certain amount, now it's going to be basically perceived as a, uh, you know, like a golden parachute or a bonus to them. 
people who are probably already fairly wealthy or well off or comfortable enough to pay their own student loans back that they took out for their own education that's paying for their own you know lifestyle versus somebody who doesn't you know who didn't go to college doesn't have student debt or who paid off their student loans on you know they're all now being shattered uh, or saddled with the burden and so they decided to add a um, so obviously because of the bad publicity there they decided to add a, an income cap on there so now they're floating around the idea of 125,000 income cap they haven't specified whether that will be uh, on a household level or if that's an individual level there's still a lot of uncertainty out there but you know at the end of the day i think this does create a moral hazard uh in a situation where basically you're rewarding bad behavior and um now there are there's definitely some very good cases for you know people or segments of the population that maybe were taken advantage of by some predatory lenders. And predatory Can I make a suggestion on this whole thing? Made up colleges. Yeah. Cause if they keep going down this rabbit hole, I want to see a moratorium on car loans and credit it's, cards. And let's just, let's just be stupid as shit. If we can be stupid I mean, as shit. Cause well, so the, I'll get to my point in a second, but my, <laughs> my comment, but this to me does absolutely nothing. And to your point, you're incentivizing laziness. Yeah, because what if you know what if you got a whole bunch of student loans, you worked your way up in a career, you just paid off your loans, and then Joe Schmo just got hired at your company's sitting there wearing his yoga pants and going to the juice bar at the company, and he's getting his loans paid for free. I think it's not incentivized the right thing. I think what they should do is if you're under a certain amount, just take the interest off. And if you have a, a severe financial hardship then maybe there's circumstances where, okay, you know, if you've got whatever, no income, loss of a spouse, there's some way you can kind of forego this or get a tax break on it. But just wiping away an arbitrary 10,000 is such an error. I mean, it's the same thing as just helicopter money, which got us yep. into the same circumstance that we're in now with high inflation. 100%. There you go. That's exactly what it is. So there is a segment of the population, obviously, that is, taking full advantage of. So there's a lot of people that are like, you know, hey, if you forgive these, this is gonna add to inflation. And they're like, well, how is that gonna add to inflation? Well, if you are paying your student loans monthly, like normally, you're normally allocating that amount of money to your student loans. Now, technically speaking, the government has put a moratorium on that. So a lot of people have frozen those payments. So in theory, and this is why the government doesn't believe, their position is essentially that they don't believe it'll have as much of an impact on inflation, essentially because those people haven't been paying their student loans over this two-year period anyways. It's been on moratorium. The government's been paying them. So now the government's just going to completely pay them off. So from a cash flow perspective, they're saying it won't be as dramatic as when we sent the helicopter money that was basically whatever, however many hundred dollars per person, per kid, just basically struck the bike, you know, the checks. Um, but I don't necessarily believe that. I think there's plenty of people out there that were taking advantage of free money from the government and also still adding to their student loans. I know I've talked, I've got some of my clients and I've encouraged them, you know, Hey, if it's in your budget, it's in your cash flow, you're good to go. And you've already got that habit. You might as well take advantage of 0% interest and add, you know, your, at least if nothing else, maintain your normal payments. Um, and I think a lot of people have been taking advantage of that that have helped pay down some of their student debt. Um, so, I mean, it's absolutely going to cost some level of inflation. Yeah, there's there's I got no thought. doubt about that. What if they just do the same thing that most like nonprofit hospitals do? You just, if you pay on them for a certain number of years, 
even if you're paying, you know, the minimum or some minimum payment that's reasonable, you know, maybe the payment should be based on your income. And then if you paid them for 20 years and you didn't pay them all off, then unfortunately the bank loses on this one. And, you know, they absolve them at that point. That to me would make more sense than just "Eh, 10 grand, a bunch of hippies, pay them off. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what it is is they've tried to do that, but like most things, the government's really bad at executing. Um, doesn't Palantir so they, solve this, Sean? They, they will actually. They solve this, uh, but no, they it's they, they have these programs, but it's just like anything with the government. It's like they instead of creating you know some gray areas, everything's very rigid. It's like okay, well, you said X and Y is what you're supposed to say, so we can't you you don't get credit for your ten years of being a, you know a teacher because you were a substitute teacher for two. You know, I mean, there's like all these things that that go into the calculation, whether you qualify for that 10, because there is, and that was actually enacted under George W. Bush, I believe, um, where he created those pathways for forgiveness for people who were first responders, teachers, public servants, anybody who does public service. I think they can improve that program. That program's inefficiently run. Uh, it's too rigid. There's definitely improvements they can do that. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Like you said, if they're coming out and they're in, you know, income-based repayments, which they do already have. Um, but, you know, you could make it something where it's it, you, those income-based repayments can be extended, right? If somebody decides to stay in that particular low-paying profession because they like it, uh, yeah. There's a lot of yeah, options. If you're gonna that, be a, if you're I gonna think, be a teacher your whole life, then yeah, do this. If you're gonna do this and then go work, oh, I have a liberal arts degree and now I yeah. want to go to work at Google. <laughs> I stop complaining. I think what would help this a lot, and I think I've brought this up before on the podcast. This isn't my idea. This is somebody else's idea. I can't remember who I got it from, but I really liked it and I agreed with it. Is that basically you price out degrees, right? Yeah. So you're, everybody's not paying the same flat rate per hour, whatever. It's okay if you want to get a, a, an engineering, you know, a, you know, a electrical engineering degree, you're going to come out of college and you're going to make 110 Gs to start. And this, less than uh, opportunistic individual wants to get a, uh, a woman's studies degree and mm-hmm. she's going to come out making $12 and 50 cents an hour at Starbucks, right? Her degree is probably worth less. So she should pay less in the marketplace. Um, I think that would go a long way to solving a lot of the issues here because then you wouldn't have a lot of these unmotivated individuals, uh, you know, racking, if nothing else, they're not going to rack up all the college, you know, all the, all the college debt and cause all these issues, right? They'll go to college, get some made up degree. No, they're not going to make any money. Go work at Starbucks anyways. Yeah. Maybe go pick up another made up degree. Yeah. You're not going to get now a grande salary if you're, uh, you know, got that liberal arts degree. But yeah, like when we went to FSU, I mean, I think undergrad was like for the whole four years, Room and board included, I want to say it was like 25 grand. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing back then. Yeah. Bright Futures covered everything. So, but anyways, I, I don't think this is a Good. smart idea. This just seems like more, sure. more inflation, more pissing money away. Yeah. It's like, make it in my mind where depending on what people are doing and the amount of time they put in, you know, if someone get, has 10,000 in loans and they go in the military for 20 years. Okay. Boom. Yeah. Absolutely. Police, firefighters, boom, it's gone. Yeah. Teachers, hospital, nurse. Okay, it makes sense, but not this, like, well, a no. 10 grand, you can't pay it. It's like, 
put your ass back to work. <laughs> We're just going to like, and that's the other thing. This that's why this is even more egregious in my opinion. Is just because they're just picking some random figure that they can get away. With. They're like, what's the most we can give away with and buy votes with, and not get pursued or not get can't you know if something not come back on us or this basically not get you know blocked by some judge. What can we get away with? Okay, ten grand. We think we've got a really good, you know, argument to say that we've got the authority to eliminate ten thousand dollars. Boom, that's going to get us X amount of votes. Like this isn't going to help anything. This isn't putting a dent in the student loan crisis. It's this buying votes. Changing, exactly. You're not changing the structural, you know, issues that are within the student loan repayment system or the student loan, you know, receiving system or the educational cost structure. I mean, like none of the issues that are actually the problem are being addressed or fixed. It's like, how much can I give away for free? How many votes can I buy? And what can I get away with right yep. before November? It's with, with the optimal, I don't want to give it away too soon. I'm going to wait until we get a little closer to November so I can make sure it's fresh in your mind. <laughs> it's wild. It is All wild you young voters, we're giving you $10,000 to vote blue. Vote blue, baby. That's it, man. Well, I think that was it, topic. though, man. That's yeah, enough of that topic. Honest. I'm getting sick to my stomach talking. Moral, moral hazard, though. That's it, man. Moral hazard. You're, you're incentivizing bad behavior. I mean, they, the government just not – that's what the government does. The government creates environments for moral hazard. That's what they did when they bailed out all the banks, when they bailed out the auto manufacturers, who as soon as now they – that's another thing we didn't talk about, but the Ford – you saw Ford's cutting 3,000 jobs back. Mm-hmm. Well, they also have a $1.7 billion fine. Did you see that for faulty roofs? Faulty roofs on F-250s. One of them flipped over and just smushed the people in there. They got sued for $1.7 billion. And they... Is that why? So did that just happen like two days ago? Literally just happened, yeah. So how are you going to pay that fine? I mean, that's that's not for Ford. That's not... We're going to get on this tangent real quick, and we're getting the hell off this episode, but... Ford in profit seventeen billion dollars last year, and that's with fully pricing cars because there's no mm. lack of inventory. So that means almost a almost ten percent of their profit is going for one accident. Crazy. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I um I uh, I, I really like Ford, and I want them to do better, but they are uh, they are working out some shady stuff with the administration. I believe they were supposed to, or were previously committed to bringing a factory here stateside, but I think somehow that deal has since fallen through, and now that factory is not coming here. And part of the incentive structures with the MIA, the the final bill there that was passed recently, were for them to create jobs. Yep. And I just think it's, it's just so ironic that not only did the incentives in there, so they put incentives in there specifically for domestic, you know, EV manufacturers that primarily source their minerals from domestic, blah, 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 right? All these requirements. And basically it was just structured so the only two companies that qualified were Chevy and Ford. And so Chevy and Ford are the only ones that qualify. Tesla doesn't qualify for almost any of these incentives. And so as soon as they give all of these incentives to Chevy and Ford, Chevy and Ford raise their prices by the exact number that the incentives were built in for. Yep. And then also they get incentives to add jobs that were paid up front, and now they've since cut jobs. Yep. Wild, wild times, man. Crazy times. All right. Damn it, Ford. Damn it, Ford. 
All right. Damn it, Ford, stop slipping. All right, Sean, wrap yeah. us up. Let's let's get out. All right. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for listening in. Like always, craft-advice.com. Like, subscribe, uh, submit comments, you know, any topics, any questions, anything you'd like us to address, please let us know. Um, but again, as always, we appreciate it, guys. Talked about a lot of stuff today. Uh, meme stocks, Best Buy, uh, what's going on in the housing market, some big moves with Apple, and then possibly student loan forgiveness and how that could impact inflation. Uh, but again, any comments, questions, concerns, let us know. Craft-advice.com. Well, we Cheers, everybody. It. Cheers, everybody. Enjoy your week. Adios. Adios. Jack and Sean work for Sench Advisory Group, a registered investment advisory firm. All discussions between Jack and Sean or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Sench Advisory Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Sench Advisory Group may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.